Welcome to the Broadcast Storm, where it's all about helping you have a fun and successful career as an IT professional. And here's your host. He's a Safari Books online best-selling author, a double CCIE, and one of the top Cisco trainers in the world, Kevin Wallace. Hey everybody, this is Kevin, and welcome to episode number 55 of the Broadcast Storm, an overview of container technology for Cisco networking professionals. When I was at Cisco Live recently, a big focus that we heard a lot about was the brand new Cisco Catalyst 9000 series switches. These new switches were packed full of features such as being cloud ready, they were internet of things ready, they could do encrypted traffic analysis where we could inspect encrypted traffic for malware, and they were running iOS XE, which is, as Chuck Robbins talked about, a completely rewritten version of Cisco iOS. But one of the features that they mentioned about the Cisco Catalyst 9000 series switch that I thought we would talk about in this episode was the fact that it supports containers. What is a container, and what does it mean that the switch has container support? Well, something that's very unique about the Cisco Catalyst 9000 series is it's got an Intel x86 processor built into it. Chuck Robbins was talking about how having CPU resources in edge devices was going to be super important in the future. He said that they wanted to allow developers to create applications that could run at the network edge instead of just back at the data center. This means that a developer could actually write code that runs on an access layer Cisco Catalyst 9000 series switch. So what can we do with this Intel x86 processor? Well, we know that we could run something like a virtual machine on it, but what we might do instead is run containers. Now, what is a container? That's our focus here in this podcast episode. Let's say that we had three virtual machines and they were all running Ubuntu Linux and each virtual machine would have its own copy of Ubuntu. Well, that can start to be inefficient really quickly because we're replicating the operating system for every virtual machine that we install. Now, containers start with an underlying Linux kernel that different distributions or distros can use. Then we can have different distros on top of that underlying kernel. Let's say that we had three different virtual machines that we were going to spin up, two of which were based on Ubuntu and one of which was based on Red Hat. Well, with containers, we can have a single instance of Ubuntu Linux and a single instance of Red Hat Linux, both sitting on top of that underlying Linux kernel. Then, instead of creating three different virtual machines, we can create three containers. And each container contains all of the required libraries and applications required to do what it's supposed to do. Two containers that were based on Ubuntu, they get to share the same underlying instance of Ubuntu. While the container based on Red Hat, it's going to use the underlying Red Hat image. And I hope you can see from that that this container approach makes it more efficient to share what used to be Linux-based virtual machine images. Now, although there are different options for containers out there, one of the most popular that you're going to probably hear a lot about is Docker. In fact, you can go to docker.com. That's D-O-C-K-E-R.com. You can set up a free account, and you can download a version of Docker for your operating system. And although you can get quite complex with your Docker configuration, there are three basic steps I want you to understand. First, we create a text file. And typically, it doesn't have to be, but typically we call this text file Docker file with a capital D. The rest is lowercase. And this file usually specifies the underlying operating system But in some instances, it might specify some development environment like Java. And it's also going to specify what libraries are needed as we start up the container. It's going to specify any commands that need to be issued after the container comes up. 
And there are lots of other things that we could specify in that Docker file as well. But once we've got the Docker file created, that's step one of three, we then want to build the container. For example, we can go into the directory that contains our Docker file and we could say Docker space build space and then give a period because the period represents the current directory. This build process might realize that we want to run a specific version of Ubuntu and maybe we don't currently have that on our system. Well, it's going to go out and it's going to download the appropriate version of Ubuntu that we've requested. This is going to create an operating system image that can be used by not just this container, but any other container that we have on our system that wants to use the same underlying operating system. You see how it's starting to be more efficient than creating different virtual machines. And once we've built the container, we can then run the container by saying something like docker space run space and then we give the name of the container and we see the name of the container after we build it. It shows up on screen. And that's a quick overview of what container technology is about. It can be more efficient in terms of resources used as compared to something like creating multiple virtual machines because we don't have to install multiple copies of the same operating system over and over. And we also discussed that Cisco very recently made it possible to run a container on edge switches, specifically the Cisco Catalyst 9000 series switches. And on that note, we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode of the Broadcast Storm. One thing I want to make you aware of is a new service that I'm offering, and it's called Diver Down Routing and Switching. And what it is, is a subscription service where every month you join me on a live webcast. And I teach you some of the latest and greatest things that I'm learning from Cisco. Maybe we go through some exam practice questions. Maybe we talk about career strategies. But we have some sort of live training every month. And since it's live, you get to ask me your questions so it's a great way for you and I to interact with one another. And if you happen to miss a session, no big deal, because the sessions are recorded and they're available for re-watching out in your member portal. If you want to check out more information about Diver Down Writing and Switching, and by the way, we call it Diver Down because we dive deep into these topics, but if you want to check out more information on Diver Down, just go to kwtrain.com slash dd for Diver Down. That's kwtrain.com slash dd. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of The Broadcast Storm.